Houston Rallies is a movement created by the Lee Group, a Houston-based advertising agency, to help make a difference for the many other small businesses that are the heartbeat of our city. The Lee Group fully understands the struggles and trials involved with running a small business in one of the most competitive markets in the world. The Houston Rallies podcast, created in partnership with Radio Lounge, is a hub of information and inspiring stories directly from the small business owners that make Houston the great city that we all call home. From interviews with movers and shakers to thought pieces on best practices for advertising your business's specific services, Houston Rallies is your destination for advertising insight and inspirational ideas. Hey, this is Sarah Jane Morales from Sarah Jane Rain, and you're listening to Houston Rallies. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Pereira with The Lee Group. Thanks for joining us on the Houston Rallies podcast today. Today on the podcast, we are very excited to have Sarah Jane Morales with us. She's an amazing copywriter, fashion blogger, business owner. She's a great friend, and I'm really excited to get to chat with her for a bit today. SJ, thanks for joining us. You are so welcome, and I am happy to sit back and let you keep saying nice things about me. <laughs> nope, it ends there. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, huh? Uh, this is the part of the podcast where you say 27 nice things about me, and then we move on to the rest. Mm, we're going to cut the podcast short today. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so obviously um, in the introduction, I know you as a phenomenal copywriter as we worked together at a, at a previous agency, uh, but that's not all you do. Um, in fact, you have this whole other life that I didn't even know about when I first met you. So talk to us a little bit about Sarah Jane Rain, your blog. What is it? How did it get started? What are you doing with it? All of that good stuff. So this is something really fun for me. My blog is turning four in a little bit on July 6th. That's it's awesome. hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, who would have known? Um, it's really hard to believe that it's been four years already, but I feel like right now, during a very uncertain time for a lot of people when tons of Americans are out of work, is a great time to bring up how my blog started. So I moved to Texas a few years ago to be a teacher, actually. Um, and like, I think the statistic is about half of teachers who start out um, quit within five years. And I was one of them. Uh, so was so, I. <laughs> yeah, so joined the club. So uh, here I am, I'm in a new state, I'm newly married because I moved here three days after I got married, I'm out of work, I have a couple of years of ad experience under my belt from back when I was in my early 20s, and I'm not sure what to do. So I kind of started thinking through like, what am I even good at? I don't even know what I'm good at. And for some reason, it came to me like, before I moved, because I'm a big fan of reading, so I went to see my favorite author speak. She happened to be in Buffalo. No one ever goes there. So I consider that fate. Maxine Hong Kingston, she was doing a book signing. And in my book, she wrote this really weird note. It said, Sarah Jane, sister, in a time of destruction, create something. It's one of her most famous quotes. And for some reason, that came back to me. And I was like, I have no job. I'm not doing anything. I'm feeling really terrible about myself. I'm going to make something out of this. So I started thinking and like ever since I was in high school, people have always commented on how confident I am. I did theater. I was involved in a bunch of clubs. I was just generally a very outspoken person. Um, and so they're always commenting on my confidence and it never really made sense to me until I realized that the reason that people comment on my confidence is because that's not just something that everyone has. 
So I thought, well, what makes me confident? Putting together outfits. I love getting complimented on my clothes, things like that. And especially being plus size and being short and kind of looking a little different than the average standard of beauty, I feel like that's something that I could bring to the table. Because especially in 2016, when I started this, there was not a lot of representation in the media of anyone who looked remotely like me. So I thought if there's anyone out there who's short, who's plus size, who's not conventionally attractive, who can look at me and be like, wow, this girl's living her best life, I can too, then Sarah Jane Rain will be worthwhile. So really long way of saying, found myself without a job, <laughs> took that time to focus on a passion project. And then it's turned into this huge thing. Talk about what it is today. And you've got a huge following and, and it's like, it's, it's not, I mean, I think it's still a passion project. Obviously you're passionate about it, but it's, it's more than that. Yeah. Today it's wild. I never in a million years could have dreamed that it would have gotten here. I think I just passed 55,000 followers on Instagram across platforms. If you look at my Instagram, my blog itself, my Pinterest and everything, I'm nearing a hundred thousand followers. So my audience has grown pretty large, especially for my niche. And um, I've been flown out to shoots. I've done international modeling. I've been on TV. I've been in magazines. It's crazy that this, you know, very shy girl from a small town outside of Buffalo, New York, could then become this like uh, online personality, essentially. And if you know me in person, like that's totally not my vibe. Like I'm a very quiet person. I'm an introvert. I am never going to be the loudest personality, but online, the playing field's really kind of leveled for everybody. And that's one of the things I love about it. Yeah, I think I think that's an important thing to say that the playing field is level online because I think, especially these days, a lot of people use that as an opportunity to not put out a positive message out there. <laughs> right. Um, but you're doing this, it is a level playing field because we're kind of hidden behind our keyboard but you're doing it to do to put out such a positive message. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's so important. That's such a huge part of, of what it is you do. And 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 speaking for myself, I've spent and I talked to you about this a little bit <laughs> beforehand because, and this just shows you a little bit of my ignorance and a little bit of my own um hang-ups, right? But I've spent a significant portion of my adult life trying to lose weight. And and in fact, um, you know. 10 years ago or whatever it was when I lost a significant amount of weight, I considered that one of my biggest accomplishments. Um, and I constantly strive for doing that. I mean, my Instagram handle, even up to two months ago was formerly a fatty. I defined myself by something that I was no longer. Um, right. And so when I'm, when I'm preparing for this interview and when I'm writing <laughs> things about you and I even texted Callie, our, our friend Callie. And I said, Hey, do I, do I describe her as a plus size blogger? Like, is that, is right, like, that, is that cool? Is that, is that, am I allowed to say that? Or is that like, what, what is, is, that the, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm even struggling right now to ask the question. So my question is obviously body positivity is such a big part of your message um, and, and, and putting out this positive body self image. And so I'd, I'd love for you to talk about some of that. I think it's so important. So talk about the work you're doing there. Yeah, so this has been something that I've actually grappled with myself as I was already in the public space. So if you go on like a journey back through Sarah Jane Rain, 
you'll see that at first I wouldn't call myself plus size. I would call myself curvy. I didn't want to be identified as plus size. Then I branched into plus size. And then one day I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'm just going to own it. Let's call it fat. Like, because I feel like you can take these words that people traditionally think of as negative or it's an insult and you can own them. And I think one of the most important things about body positivity and one of the things that I learned about the way around the way is that like, it's not just positivity that kind of portrays this image of you always have to be like a cheerleader for yourself. Like, yes, I love every single thing about myself. And some days that's really hard. So I tell people to strive for body acceptance, no matter where you are, what you're doing, what point in your journey you are at, you are at peace with yourself and what your body looks like. And that alone is really, really hard to do. And I mean, I struggle with it. I have good days and bad days still. And now I'm a lot more candid and honest about admitting that. But when you first start out in this space, there's this real pressure to be, you know, all the way like, yes, love everything about myself. And at the same time, you're still struggling. There are still things that I would try to hide in photos of myself, you know, like, for me, it was my double chin, like had a big problem with like being comfortable with that, being able to show it. So I would like kind of take my hair and like push it in front of my face a little bit, or I would try to like, you know, stick my neck out and really get the tension going. And then I was like, this is silly. How can I tell people to be confident if I'm not at peace with my own body? So once I kind of changed my mindset and shifted toward this more accepting of myself, it doesn't mean you can't lose weight. It doesn't mean you can't be healthy or eat healthy or change things about yourself. I love to get my hair done and dye my hair all sorts of crazy colors. It's not because I don't love my natural hair. It's because, you know, this part of my body and this is how I express myself. So I think when you're making that shift toward body positivity or body neutrality, body acceptance, that it's important to remember that your body is just one part of you. It's not all of who you are. I, I, that right there is, is I think the key. And I think that's so important because your, your body goes through so much. I mean, I'm not, I'm not I, like just as a man, you just had a baby, your body goes through so much. <laughs> it sure does. And, and it's, and it, and my wife just had a baby as well. And you just see the things that the female body goes through. And it's like, if you hang your image on what you look like at this point in time, you're constantly going to be disappointed. Yeah. And so, because it just changes like that. And so can I just say, if I wasn't already like comfortable with myself and at this point in my journey that I'm at now, pregnancy and giving birth would have been just so devastating for me because there are still things that nobody talks about when you're pregnant or when you're about to give birth that happen to your body that rock your world. Like Mm -hmm. right now, I plan to talk about this on my blog in the coming months because this one just shook me. It's still shaking me. I'm dealing with postpartum alopecia, which is after you give birth about three months in. So a couple weeks ago for me, you start losing your hair. Mm -hmm. Nobody talks about baldness in women. Mm -hmm. It's rough. I put a ton of value in my hair. Like that is one part of me that I've always been like, man, I love my hair. It's so great. And now all of a sudden it's falling out in clumps. And the first thing I did was I went and Googled it like we all do. And I'm like, is this normal? Like, why is my hair falling out of my head? It's totally normal. It happens to like half of women after they give birth. 
but nobody talks about it. So I think it's so important to, you know, make these things normalized so that we can talk about it so that you're not sitting there one day, three months after having a baby, when you have a newborn, you're already stressed. And I don't know, you're in the middle of a global pandemic or something. (laughs) And like your hair starts falling out and you're like, oh my God, I need to get headbands. I need to get a wig. I need to shave my hair off. Like, it was a struggle, but I'm thankful that I already had these kind of positive affirmations and other mental coping strategies in place so that I could work through it with myself. And I think your, your message of, um, you call it body acceptance, right? Your message of, of body acceptance, I think applies so much more than just physical appearance and body. And, and I think that gives you the tools to set yourself up for success so that you can you just accept who you are, where you are when you're in it, and you can always work on it and make it better, or you can make changes and do what you need to do, but you're just accepting of who you are. I think that's really important. Yeah, it's a game changer. I mean, we spend so much time, especially you know, starting usually in our teen years, as young as our teen years, we spend so much time at war with ourselves. And why do we put ourselves through that when it's so much easier to accept who you are? I really, I think that so many of us would see such a major positive shift if we would stop beating ourselves up all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Um, and so I think this this message that you have that you're getting out, I, I feel like there is a, a niche for that. And you've used social media really well to get that message out. And so how have you, talk talk about how you've incorporated social media into your into your blog and into your brand to kind of increase your brand and make it more of a a full-time thing. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Social media and the power of social media is incredible. So we talked a little bit about how I'm an introvert and how social media empowered me to carve out my own voice and my own platform. But also it's essentially a billboard for my blog one of the things that I always tell everybody is do not build your castle in somebody else's sandbox. So use Instagram, use Facebook, use TikTok now, which that's a whole nother story. Use it for, you know, for your brand and use it to build your brand up and build your presence and get people going to your actual website. So for me, I use it as a traffic driver because my website is something that I always own that I know I have control of and there's no algorithm that can stifle my voice. There's no constantly changing updates. There's no hashtags. There's, you know, you build an audience that's there to hear what you have to say. So a couple years ago, there was this massive account called Fashion Bomb Daily who had a million and a half followers. One night, their Instagram got deleted for no reason gone overnight. They had to rebuild it from scratch. That's terrible. I checked actually like, yeah, it's, it's devastating. I checked maybe a half hour before we did this interview and um, they're back up to 1.4 million. So, you know, like not too shabby, but I bet that there are potentially hundreds of thousands of people who they never accessed again. Mm -hmm. So if you have your own website and your own mailing list, even if Instagram were to go away tomorrow, you still have your audience. They still know where to find you. So what I tell people is, yes, use social media 
there is no doubt that it can be a game changer for your business because nobody would know who Sarah Jane Rain was right now if it weren't for Instagram specifically for me. But don't rely too much on it. You still need to create your own content on your own site, on your own home, so that people know where to find you no matter what happens. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm writing down things that you're saying because it's like, <laughs> Yes, these are these are ways that, and this is one of the benefits of talking to a copywriter by trade because you put into succinct words the thoughts that I have in my head. <laughs> and I'll ramble on for an hour and a half, but yes, it's what I try to tell clients all the time is use social media, but use it as a method to get people to where you are, whether that's your website or your blog or or into your facility or whatever that is, something that you can control. I think that's so smart. Yeah, it has to have a purpose. Otherwise, it's just kind of sitting there and you might get likes and you might get comments and you might get followers. But what does that mean if you're not following through with whatever your goal actually is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you and I worked together um, at a previous agency <laughs> um, and then you kind of you went somewhere else and now you're kind of doing your own thing. So sure I am. <laughs> Talk about that. What are you doing? So let's see. It was about a year and a half ago on a whim. I always feel so irresponsible telling this story because I feel like I should be a, a better role model than this. But the truth is on a whim within about a week, I decided, you know what? Office life isn't for me. I kind of was feeling it for a while, but I was scared to kind of hop out on my own and I was wondering why I could never stay at a job for longer than like two years, I think was my max. And the truth is, it's because I don't want to work for somebody else. Like, I don't want to, this sounds really callous, but I don't want to help somebody else get rich. I want to be rich. <laughs> like, I want to fulfill my own purpose. So on a whim, within a week, I just kind of decided like, you know what, throw caution to the wind. Y'all already know because I already talked about how I started my blog when I hit rock bottom before. I've been at rock bottom. I can go there again. I know I can build up. So I quit. I had exactly one client for my copywriting business. I decided I was going to focus full time on my blog. I was going to use freelance copywriting to kind of supplement that. Um, those roles have kind of flipped, but I'm working on bringing it back the other way. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just started copywriting for clients, mostly people who I had worked with in the past who had gone on to other opportunities. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Um, <laughs> who had gone on to other opportunities. And I tell anybody who has an interest in writing that copywriting is a worthwhile venture because I love what I do. And I really feel lucky to say that I have blogging and I have copywriting and I love them both fairly equally. Most people I feel who are blogging who work a full-time job hate their full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. And they're like, whatever, it pays the bills. And then I have my blog. I was really like, oh, I have this great job and I also have a great blog. How cool is that? So through Caution to the Wind, hopped into my blog, hopped into copywriting myself. A year and a half later, I am very fortunate to say that I'm so booked that I'm constantly turning down jobs. It's amazing. It is amazing. I don't know how it happened. I tell people who have an interest in writing, like there is a demand for this. 
every one of my clients at some point has told me how difficult of a time they have finding a copywriter. So I find that that's a skill that I think I bring to the table. And I've also pivoted that into my blog. So one of the things that I feel differentiates my blog is that I am a writer. I do have that voice and I love storytelling. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm not a super social person, I love storytelling through writing. I actually almost went to college to be a writer. And then I was like, "Mm, I should probably at least like focus on a, a more clear job path than that. So obviously I majored in literature, which has a super (laughs) clear career path, but Hey, I'm here doing it now. So yeah, I am now I'm focused more so on my blog and I'm trying to cut back on the copywriting a little bit because especially while I was pregnant, I just hustled and hustled and hustled with copywriting because, you know, the income was there and I had a baby on the way and that could be scary because I'm a first time mom. Um, And I really kind of abandoned my blog for a few months and that happens in the world of blogging and it's fine. So now I'm kind of coming back the other way and trying to even things out and raise a baby (laughs) in a, in a pandemic. Right. So no big. Um, But yeah, I think that, I feel like my story is a really good example of how your path upward to success can actually look more like a roller coaster and that's okay. You know, you still land on your feet and sometimes you just have to, you know, pedal back a little bit and stop and take a look at things and pivot and figure things out. There's no shame in that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my favorite memories of working with you oh, no. is, is um, this was before, I, I, I feel like this was pretty early on into, maybe I'm wrong, maybe it wasn't, but um, you weren't at work, you went to go be on the Deborah Duncan show. I and, sure did. And you, before then, I just knew you as super quiet, very talented copywriter, but just kind of, you know, did your job and and, and that was really it. And then we see you on TV and we're in this big bullpen area and there's this TV and there are, we're watching a morning show and nobody is working. Nobody is working. Everyone is watching TV, men, women, higher ups, all the way down to, I don't think we had interns then, but all the way down to the bottom of the row. Everyone was watching you on this show, modeling clothes, talking about clothes. You had models on there and it just was like, it just was so much fun. All these people coming together to celebrate you and celebrate who you are and celebrate what you do, but just watching you dominate. And I think that's just one of my, that's one of my favorite memories of <laughs> advertising and one of my favorite memories of you. Um, and so what, what is that like? I mean, obviously you, you weren't at work that day. You were working on your side hustle. You've got a kid as we can hear. And so what is that? Yeah, I'm going to have to go grab him in a minute, actually. <laughs> You're, you're totally fine. Um, what, how, how's that going, trying to balance all of that? Uh, balance is something that I'm still currently working with, even though I work for myself now. As you can hear, I have a boss. Um, <laughs> but when I was working in an office, I was really lucky to have employers who thought what I was doing was valid and thought that it was cool, even. So I had a lot of freedom to do what I wanted to do in that respect. But 
I really kind of like I'm doing now just had to make it work. So we're talking about how we worked until 1.30 in the morning that night, even though I think I woke up that morning at like three in the morning to get ready for the show because I had to be at the studio by 6 a.m. And uh, I got my makeup done and my I did my own hair and it was such a long day and such a whirlwind. But when you're super passionate about what you do, like I am about my blog, and, you know, at the same time, you have a job that you're also passionate about, you do what it takes to get done. Now, um, now with a baby, which is even more challenging than I anticipated it could be, um, you know, I've been, I work when he naps, I work when my husband gets home. I work in the middle of the night when he's sleeping. Sometimes he's sleeping. Um, I work with Mickey Mouse Clubhouse on in the background. So I just, I've found ways to get around it. And a lot of the times before I would be concepting or planning just in front of my computer with like a candle going and a glass of wine. And now I concept while I'm cleaning up spit up. So <laughs> you just improvise. I think that that applies to any business, really. The more that you can improvise and kind of not have a set expectation in your head of what it's supposed to look like or what it's supposed to feel like, the less disappointed you will be. <laughs> yeah, very true. I, I find the same It's with everything. Um, and I find that particularly in with parenting, um, when I am, you know, when it's just me and the twins, um, if I have expectations of getting work done and doing this and doing dishes and doing that stuff, I'm frustrated because I'm not able to get that done. But if my expectation is just to hang out with the twins and I manage to get other things done, then I'm, I'm coming out ahead. So it's just a matter of managing your expectations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, do I love that? I actually did a video interview on Wednesday for my blog um, with another influencer and he screamed through it. So like, is that the way I love to do things? Like, no, but I just feel like it's the next iteration of my blog and my business. And if my clients have to have him in a stroller being pushed while I'm on my Zoom call, <laughs> since that's what everyone wants to do now, um, right. then that's just, you know, the way that it is. And Again, it, it all ties back into body positivity. I know I keep going back to this, but once you just accept your situation and yeah. who you are, so many things become so much easier. I am so much less stressed now than I used to be. I There was a time that I would have flipped out stressed if you know I was trying to do something professional and you know a baby started crying i mean right i had an adults only wedding because i was like no babies are going to cry through my vows so <laughs> i just i used to be so stressed and so wound up and such a perfectionist and now we're just uh we're just going with it yeah <laughs> i mean what else can you do you know either spend your entire life being frustrated or not right Right. I uh, I did have this glorious vision of like having a nanny here during the day while I was babysitting, but COVID kind of put a damper on that plan. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I'm now a, a mama, nanny, copywriter, blogger, wife. That's, 
that byline is just getting longer and longer with each. <laughs> it's really getting out of hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So we put out a, a, a call on social media um, for some questions for people to ask in. So I'm going to ask you those questions now. Um, Voluptuous Leah asks, what's been the funniest moment you've had in, in advertising? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> let me think about this one for a moment. So I get, Oh, Hey, can I have that back please? <laughs> <laughs> He's like simultaneously grabbing my hair and grabbing my, uh, headphones here. So I would say that my funniest moment happened after I went out on my own. Um, I was working on this um, client and I did not realize because I didn't do my research. Tip number one, always do your research. Always. I did not realize that they ran their own social media up before they talked to me. I assumed that they had another um another freelancer working on it. So I was bad mouthing it so hard. Oh, no. Which, tip number two, do not speak negatively about anyone ever when you're in a professional setting, just never. Cause the world is small, even when you're in the fourth biggest city in the U S and, uh, <laughs> and it's just not good business. So I'm sitting there like, bad mouthing it just saying like this is super unprofessional and like who thought this was a good idea and finally this client has like the heart to stop me and tell me that his wife was oh, no. social media so not even him himself his wife was writing it and i was like oh did i say it was bad <laughs> i meant like bad like that is bad like, <laughs> like so good it's bad so it wasn't funny at the time. Sure. But now that I'm looking back at it, I'm like, wow, I have grown a lot because I was horrified and like it was in person. So I didn't even, I couldn't even like, you know, brush it off and be like, ha ha ha. At least we're like on the phone and he can't see how horrified I am right now. But yeah, no, that was like a simultaneously funny moment. It's only funny because I still got the client. <laughs> I was gonna ask. And also a great life lesson as well, because now I um it's never like good practice to talk negatively about other people anyways. Like I feel like I knew better than that. But sometimes in copywriting land, you can get a little cocky. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna be honest. What? We can get a little cocky and like, then, you know, we just kind of get this attitude and we're like, yes, I am everything. Like you should be lucky. I'm even taking your job. And uh, yeah, that came back to bite me. Yeah. That's funny. Um, your husband asked, are you, and I think he wants to know for himself. Yeah. Asking for a friend. He could talk about what it is you do. Are you an influencer? blogger, plus size model, content creator, what's the difference? So <laughs> this is like my husband's smart ass question because I go through phases. Like we've talked about how I went through my phase with talking curvy, then plus size, then fat. Like, what am I gonna call myself? Well, I've done the same thing with my title. So when I'm talking to him and again, I'm like on my high horse feeling myself being like, you know, who does this person think they are? I am an influencer. Like that has changed over the years. So sometimes it's like, why won't this person listen to me? I'm a professional blogger. 
why won't this person listen to me? I'm a thought leader. Like, <laughs> so it changes. Right yeah. now, fun fact, right now I've been using content creator. Okay. Uh, the one thing that I will say I always object to is being called a plus size model. That's a very specific role and job that I do not do. Um, and I have a ton of respect for it. It's really hard work. And that just is not who I am. So that is the one that I will stop and correct you. Just like if you call me Sarah, I will stop and correct you. <laughs> it's so, I'll get emails from you and it'll say from Sarah or from Sarah Jane. And I'm, I know you as SJ. And so it just, it's even weird just to see Sarah Jane. Yeah, I know. Well, like, yeah, anybody who calls me SJ is like, wait, what? That's a really long name. That's your name. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I've run into some situations lately where people have been calling me Sarah. And I'm like, how do I correct this situation? Because it makes me cringe now. Mm -hmm. um, Post-Texas, SJ is never Sarah. I grew up being called Sarah and I was too like not confident, I guess, <laughs> to correct people. Um, because in New York, nobody has two names. Down here in Texas, everybody has two names. It's great. Right. So right. down here, I tell people I'm Sarah Jane. They're like, cool name, Sarah Jane. All right. In New York, people are like, why do you have two first names? Yeah, I don't have time for that. <laughs> is, is Jane a middle name? <laughs> no, I don't have a middle name. <laughs> But yeah, so Tessa asked, what is a dream brand partnership for you? So here's a fun one. I just worked with them and I cannot talk about it yet. Oh no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just I can tell you about the project. I just can't tell you who they are yet. I will say they are a baby brand and they are launching a oh <laughs> and I am on brand. Um, yeah, very on brand right now. So they are a baby brand and they're launching a product next year. And they just commissioned me to take product photos for them. So until the product launches next year, I cannot talk about it. But they were my dream brand and I could not believe they reached out to me. I'm super pumped about it. Like, I can't even describe how pumped I am. From a fashion perspective, because doing, obviously, my kiddo is three months old, so that's pretty new for me, mm -hmm. um, doing the, the mom blogger life. But from a fashion perspective, I've been really into Madewell lately, so I would love to partner with them. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're, I would call them kind of like elevated classics. And one of the cool things about them is that you can customize anything. They will embroider whatever you want into anything. So I've now been getting like sweatshirts and things embroidered with like Sarah Jane Rain, Honeybee, other things that are on brand for my blog. Mm -hmm. um, and they make me feel like a total badass. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 18 bucks or whatever it is. Cool. Take my money. Like I I'm there. So I would love to partner with them just because in the plus size space, I've never seen a plus size influencer work with them. And I think a lot of people like me until a few months ago um, don't know that they offer plus size clothes. So I, uh, I would like to bring the awareness. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> um, Lorraine Rodriguez asked this, what is the best 
slash worst thing about being an influencer? Oh my goodness. There's so much good about being an influencer, uh, being able to make a difference. Every time it, it never gets old. Every time that somebody reaches out to me and says like, because of you, I wore a swimsuit this year before of you, because of you, I, um, traveled by myself before I was afraid to, you know, go anywhere because I was single and plus size and scared of what people would think of me. And now this year I went to, you know, the Bahamas, like that far and away is my favorite thing about what I do. Um, the free stuff doesn't hurt, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> especially at the rate that I like to get new things. Um, the worst thing about being an influencer is that everything I do is in the public eye. For an introvert, that can be a struggle. Um, hey, hey, what's the matter? Well, SJ, we loved having you on this uh, on the podcast today. We <laughs> hope um, that you'll come back. Um, we yes, absolutely. Talking with you. Um, best of luck to you and all that you're doing. And um, thanks for being on. Thank you very much, Mark. Are you a local small business owner looking for some help connecting with potential customers? Is there a specific topic you'd love to hear more about? Visit our website at HoustonRallies.com and click Join the Movement. Fill out the form. We'd love to hear from you. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are strong. We are resilient. We are Houston.